Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB on this Friday. The stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, and startups, the 25th of March. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I am here with a very special guest, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. How are you, Scott? Nadine, good afternoon. I'm very well. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in the newsroom with us today. Um, he's doing some work experience. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Scott <laughs> has come in to help us. Um, yeah, to be honest with all you uh, listeners out there, um, you know, nobody's immune to COVID. No workplace mm. is immune to COVID. Uh, we don't all have it, but, you know, a lot of our, our people in our newsroom have been in the house with somebody who has, you know, a lot of people in lockdown. Um, so, Scott, thank you. Thanks for joining us. And boy, that was a cracker episode of the call you hosted today. <laughs> It was a lot of fun, and Mathan and Adam are fantastic, and we had a really good time. Talked about some great stocks, a really good selection, by the way, and some nice variant opinions from the guys too. One buy, one sell, some holds. It was a really good one. Well, that's what makes a market. I mean, yeah. I love our viewers and our listeners. I do, but um, sometimes <laughs> we get complaints. Believe it or not, right. if we don't get enough buys, double okay. buys on the program. But my attitude is sort of, you know, but that's not what it's like out there. Yeah. Not and everybody's buying the same things at the same time. And there's so many stocks. There's 2,000 companies out there and most of us as analysts are going to say, hang on, how many companies do you actually need in a portfolio? What's genuinely worth buying? There's a different thing about is it the top, in the top half of the ASX is a different question to would you buy it? If you've got a portfolio of 15, 20, 25, 30 stocks, you want the guys to be saying, these are the ones I would put in that portfolio. These are the very, very best ones you should buy rather than oh, look, maybe possibly it's in the top half. That's a very different question. So like you, I'm glad they're actually giving different views. It also means that if you'd like the company, but someone else says it's a hold or a sell, you've got the opposite view, which is really, really useful to your own investing. What don't I know? What should I be aware of? That's really useful as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I will say the stock of the day was Premier Investments, PMV. Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. You mentioned Nathan Summersundrum from Deep Data Analytics. Don't give it away. We're going to listen to a bit of a clip <laughs> as to what they had to say. Here it is. Overall, I think it was a good result. Solomon Lou is a fantastic operator. He yes. can't go wrong uh, with what he does. He knows ex he knows exactly what he's doing. So look, I, I thought it was an okay one. Uh, the, the probably the stock price probably could come back a little bit. I think it's it's, it's had a very good run and it's always uh, represented a premium uh, in in the market. But look, overall, I think it's it was a good result and very I'd be very comfortable to be looking to pick some of this up at these levels just because management is so good. So I'll, I'll, I'll say a buy on this one. Spending will curb through this year, especially when you've got rates going up. Yep. Just a sentiment of that. And I think when you look at where things are, I think retail's priced for a massive positive cycle that they have to cycle through. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard. Uh, look, Premier is one of the best players in the market. Mm. I mean, out of the retail sector, I think it's really hard. Mm. I'm just not picking anything out of the retail. So when the cycle comes off and everyone hates Retail, mm. Premier is the one you buy. Okay, so um, what do you think about Premier Investments? I really like Premier, I have to say. I think the guys were absolutely right. It's not cheap, but it's also high quality. So Nathan's saying, look, 
not cheap enough to buy, love the quality of the business, wouldn't buy it. Adam's saying, great quality business. I think they're both right, but I do think it's worth paying up for that quality. What I love about Premier too is its vertical integration. So it's a business that's a retailer, but it also owns most of the brands it sells. That means great margins, means it can be super, super um, efficient with its supply chain, but also means it can go other places. If you're the Australian distributor of jeans, for Levi's, for example, mm -hmm. you can't exactly very easily open up overseas. You can try it, but there's plenty of other retailers out there. When you're the only person behind Smiggle or Peter Alexander or something else, you've really got an opportunity to actually be different and take your unique brand somewhere else. That's a big advantage when it comes to growth. Now, um, Scott, so that was this, the stock of the day. And if you'd like to listen to the banter between all of these three <laughs> experts, you know, it really puts me to shame. Um, uh, you should listen to the whole episode of the call. Um, you know, if you've got a bit of time this weekend or even now, um, I'd like to talk big picture though with you, Scott. Mm. We don't, we obviously talk about the, the index a lot. We yeah. talk about stock specifics, but if you've watched the channel, which I'm sure you have this week, boy, we are obsessed with this real hawkish, yeah. hawkish tilt being taken by the Fed. Um, interest rates will rise. Everybody I spoke with today, I mean, I spoke with the lead economist for fixed income at PGM. I spoke with, um, uh, you know, a whole raft of people mm -hmm. today. They're all up online, the interviews. And the consensus really is, is that we'll see a 50 basis point cut in May. Um, rise in May. I think yeah, May. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, of course, rise, 50 basis point rise. <laughs> we, we, we were so used to cuts over yeah. the last couple of years. It's there it goes. Um, yeah, Friday, post-market close, and I'm turning into a mumbly person. But, yeah, um, mm. are you obsessing about that? No. Well, so two things. Firstly, no, not in the sense of what it does to the market in the short term. But what we always need to remember is assets are priced in relation to the interest rates, mm -hmm. right? And so as rates go up, it makes sense that assets are worth less. That's the, that's the maths of it, right? Like, let's not get into investment maths on a Friday afternoon. But the reality simply is that the more rates go up, the better the return you get from what is effectively a risk-free asset, that is cash in the bank and treasury bonds in particular in the US, the, the more you've got to work to get a better return elsewhere, and it should push share prices down. So yeah, absolutely, I'm paying attention. If you've got businesses with a lot of debt, they're going to be paying much higher interest bills in the years to come. If you've got businesses that aren't going to earn profits for five, six, seven, eight years, by the time we get there, higher interest rates, higher inflation means those profits are worth less by the time we get to that point. And that's why we've seen tech in so much trouble. So am I obsessing about whether or not it comes next month, whether or not it's 50 basis points? No. But we should remember over the medium and long term, when rates, well, I'm saying when, literally when rates are significantly higher, asset prices will move accordingly. And you've got to be really careful in terms of what you own. I think, again, we talk about quality and price. Quality is super, super important. The more rates go up, I think the more quality actually matters because you want businesses that can push through this stuff and not get held up by it. Yeah. Okay. So to that point, I had a conversation with Dave Sirkara from Morningstar a little bit earlier uh, today, and you can access this interview via the show notes, mm. but basically Morningstar has a rating system when it comes to stocks, whether they're overvalued, undervalued, and he nominates five US stocks to buy that are undervalued. And the interesting thing is that some of them are in that tech yeah. software space because Scott, it's also tempting to throw the baby out with the bathwater, isn't it? It really is. And think about some of those companies. I'm, I'm a massive fan of US tech. I'm a massive fan of the NASDAQ, despite the falls. And again, with a long-term perspective, I say this regularly. It sounds like a marketing line. I don't mean it to be. But these are the companies that are literally inventing the future. I mean, think about where have the innovations of the last five and 10 years come? They haven't come from General Motors. They haven't come from, with all respect, Nike. They haven't come from Woolies or Walmart, right? It's the Amazons, the Googles, the Apples, the Teslas, the Facebooks. 
These are the businesses investing in the metaverse, investing in the next round of new products. I will discuss our own shares in Amazon and, and Google just for the sake of mm-hmm. getting that disclosure out of the way. But that's why I love these businesses because they are the growth businesses. Doesn't mean they won't be volatile. Doesn't mean there won't be times when you know growth isn't quite as good. Some of these companies are growing really, really strongly. And the market, as you say, thrown out the baby with the bathwater. I reckon that's a massive mistake. So will I go down further in the short, medium term? I don't know. Do I feel great about owning these for the long term? You betcha. I absolutely do. Okay. Now, um, speaking of software, well, I was going to ask you to host the Small Caps program today, <laughs> but I thought I really would end up putting myself out of a job. So I said, uh, move over, Scott. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm in. I'm here. I'm not that busy. Anyways, I had a really good chat with Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Yeah. You know Gaurav yep. well. Um, one company that he's happy to hold that is in that software space is Gentrack. And he said, look, if it gets much cheaper, which it very well could, he'd actually be adding. He yeah. likes it. It's a buy. That's just my segue to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, Gorav brought a small cap buy, hold, sell, and we had a great time talking about his first pick, which was the buy, which was, I will give it away. It was Globe International. Mm. GLB is a ticker code. Boy, Gorav was juiced. He's talking about this from a personal perspective. It's the second biggest holding in his personal portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Premier being an expensive retailer, yeah. this isn't exactly a retailer, but it produces products, you know, mm. um, it, roller skates, in yep, fact, yep. is what we talked about. <laughs> and we talked about clothing for tradies, which I had mm-hmm. literally never given any thought to. Mm-hmm. So it's beyond that sort of skate wear and skate shoes and stuff. Yep. And boy, he's just saying he, he would buy, buy, buy this one. I love retailers at the moment, Nadine, can I tell you? Again, whether they get cheaper or not in the short term, I have no idea. Gorob doesn't either. But some of the value... Some of the retailers are trading at 9, 10, 11 times earnings. This is tra- um, trading at 6. There you go. And so you kind of think, man, like you look at that thing, either it's going to go out of business or it's cheap. There's almost no, at 6 times earnings, it's almost binary from this point. Like, yes, it can trade at the same multiple forever, maybe. Even if it does, if it pays half a decent dividend in the future, you're going to make a fortune. But at 6 times earnings, literally, it's, it's priced for nothingness, like zero. You can, you can decline probably, again, back to investment math, sorry, decline 5 or 10% a year and still actually make money at 6 times earnings if it normalizes. And it's not going to do that, right? So that's Gaurav's point. Um, I think there's a really good value in, in retail right now. I, I quite like some of the premier I like, as I mentioned to mm-hmm. you. Um, think about businesses like um, Kogan, for example, I own and I, I quite like. Harvey Norman, Adairs, Adore Beauty. These things have been thrown out with a bathwater again, to use your analogy. They are businesses, I think, if you keep an eye on, oftentimes they're growing businesses. The market's just kind of lost patience. And that's a great opportunity for a long-term investor. If those companies come good, they're worth a lot more, and Globe is a great example of that as well. Well, Gaurav, sell with satire. Mm. We don't have to get into satire. You'll have mm-hmm. to listen to the interview with Gaurav, um, and it is available I via it, the yeah. show notes. It's online, on the app, everything else. But your point about Adore Beauty, mm. so this is the thing, is that isn't Adore Beauty just an e-commerce retailer? Why wouldn't I just shop around, click of the mouse, and I can potentially get some of the product that Adore Beauty is selling cheaper elsewhere. What's Adore's moat? So you can absolutely do that. You can for any retail, including, by the way, JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman, who are two of the biggest category killers in the country. And you say, well, if, if Harvey Norman was so great, why would people shop at JB? If JB was so great, why do people shop at Harvey Norman? And I think there's brand loyalty. There is individual products at individual times. Adore's done a wonderful job. You ask about their moat, building a community of people. That actually, it's a self-reinforcing idea. They've got their own podcast, speaking of podcasts. Um, they've got a community of people, customer service people at Adore aren't incentivized at all to make a sale. Literally not a single, you know, it's like they're just there to help the customer out. And so if you can build that trust as a retailer, again, why are there 
15 electronic retailers in the country because at different times, different people have different needs for different circumstances. It's much easier online to be dominant and to get wiped away by someone else because of that idea that it's, it's, in, it's intensely local as well as being intensely global. Um, and you may be right. Maybe, and this is the other thing, by the way. You might be entirely right about Adora and it might be a terrible idea. But it's important to think about, you know, what are the upside potential? The other thing, by the way, is for 20 years, it's been growing. And so sometimes as an analyst, we get a little bit too carried away and say, well, maybe this, maybe that. Other times you go sit back and go, look at the numbers. More people are using a door. They're buying more product from a door. Okay, that, that, that you know, almost in itself is, is proof of concept, right? It's not just an idea. It's like people are doing it. They're doing it more mm-hmm. than they did last year. More of them are doing it than last year. It's got something. It's got some secret special sauce and it seems to be working. All right. You know what? I've just looked at the time, Scott. We've got to get on and host the last call. Let's do that. Um, I've been chatting away here. It's been so fun to have you here. Let's go host this last program today. Look, I won't go into the market overall, but we did finish in positive territory on this Friday. What a week. Up by, you know, more than one and a half percent. On the month, we are now up by five percent. What rising interest rates, you may ask. <laughs> what war in Ukraine. It's uh-huh. pretty incredible. Look, we'll see what this um, this U.S. session holds. It's a big week next week with non-farm payrolls, with the PCE in the U.S. No doubt a whole conga line of Fed speakers. Scott, I hope you have a good weekend. Let's go have a drink. Let's go and do it. Thanks today. Thanks.